The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are you now, are now listening, listening to War Report family. What's up, man? Uh, have you guys been keeping up with what's going on? I know you guys have been keeping up with what's going on, man. We're going to get straight into it. It's your man, Ike Jones, Mike G here. Mm. Uh, man, Nick mm. Saban, St. Nicholas, coach of that other school. Uh, he stepped into it a little bit yesterday making some comments about NIL. And you know, we've been talking about NIL a lot on the channel. Um, making some comments about NIL and the possible misuse of NIL in regards to what the intent or the 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 spirit of what was supposed to be going on. So we're just going to jump on and talk about a little bit of what everybody's been saying. You already know what it is. You are locked in right now with the War Report if you are not already subscribed to this channel, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Mm. Y'all need to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can make sure that you know exactly what's going on. And apparently you need to hit the notification bell so you know when we're going to be randomly going live about stuff like this. Uh, so so make sure that you're doing that as well. You can go ahead and uh, join the channel maybe. You know what I'm saying? If you want to just get in when we're doing some really dope stuff, channel membership uh, is available for you $5.99 per month. We don't always do specialized, but typically when we do, we're going to lock it down for only channel members to be able to chat. But this is a, a broader conversation than just Auburn. So we're going to let everybody hop in here and talk about this. But Mike G, uh, have you been keeping up at all with what's going on with all of this conversation today? Yeah, I mean, it was a really poorly worded statement by Saban. And this is what happens when you say the quiet part out loud and mm. it's not very well thought out. So he's drawing attention to the fact that he feels like they took advantage of NIL. They being who, who specifically? Alabama. Alabama mm -hmm. via the right way. Mm -hmm. The way we've talked about it on our show. And he's saying only 25 of his players were able to leverage NIL deals. Um, they left it up to them. They did not get involved. And I think the undertones of what he's saying about Texas A&M is, is that they clearly got involved because look how many more of their players signed deals coming in the door. Uh, and it turned into a number one recruiting class. This is part of what the NCAA is trying to clean up right now. Mm -hmm. They're trying to clean this up and they made a mess of this and, and it shouldn't have ever been this hard. We understood the spirit of the rules from the beginning. It was right. clear because 
what Saban is saying is that Texas A&M engaged in a pay-for-play. They leveraged NIL deals to induce athletes to come to their school, and that's not what the intent of, of NIL was supposed to be. You sign somewhere, and after you sign somewhere, you take advantage of that. So he feels like Alabama did it that way. We signed our class, and then our class took advantage of the NIL deals that were uh, available to them, which is evidenced by the fact that only 25 of our players got deals. Everybody else is without an NIL deal. And they signed a class that was pretty consistent with every class they signed pre-NIL. So they didn't magically have some greater class because of NIL. It was just the normal stuff. Kids still want to go to Alabama because they know they're going to get developed there and have a chance to get go play pro. I understood what he was trying to say. It was just a really, really bad statement. And then you suck Jackson, uh, uh, Dion, yeah. and, and and JSU into this, and it was like, come on, man! Like, what does that have to do with anything? I just, I just thought it was just a very, very poorly worded statement on his part. I, I mean, but see, here's the thing: like, I, I think it's worse than poorly worded, in my opinion. Like, I think yeah. it's outright hypocrisy. Not because I feel like Coach Saban has done anything wrong, but it is at 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 least duplicitous, right, for him to yesterday very clearly and then double down and say that these programs look at what they did, right, and say, hey, somebody needs to go take a look at this because this isn't right, right. and then say we did it the right way and then come back today on the radio and say, well, I wasn't accusing anybody of doing anything illegal. It just wasn't right. It's not mm-hmm. illegal. It's just not right. It's not the right. So you're 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 trying to to hold yourself up as this uh, paragon of virtue, and I did it all the right way. These people specifically calling people out, which he did apologize for. He said I shouldn't have singled people out. Calling mm-hmm. people out and say they did it wrong, but then say, but I'm not saying it's illegal. It's just wrong. Like I don't I don't understand. We did it right. You did it wrong, but. I'm not saying you did anything illegal, just wrong. That's where it's just like I don't I don't I don't know coach. I don't know. It sounds a little bit like you're trying to backtrack a little bit because you ruffled the wrong feathers. Be right. will jumping in here to join the conversation. And Jimbo Fisher's response today was interesting, right? Jimbo Fisher says today <laughs> that he feels as if Nick has no moral high ground to stand on in regards to this. Because people know how he gets down. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm with Jimbo on this one. I Listen, just, and, and I'm Jimbo, Jimbo was on, on staff one. with him, so it's not as if they're not familiar with one another. Now, Jimbo Fisher has been throwing shots at Nick Saban for years, right? Like, right. this isn't the first time. Um, but I think what's interesting about the comments today is a reporter asked Jimbo Fisher specifically, um, have you talked to him since then? And he's like, no, he's called, but I didn't answer. So Mm -hmm. apparently Nick Saban or someone from his camp has been attempting to reach out to Jimbo and Jimbo's like, we don't have nothing to speak about. Like, cause this is, this is the second time he said something about this. Now let's be clear. This is not the first time that he's mentioned this A&M recruiting class and how it was basically paid for. Right. And so again, I just, I, I have to say, I don't think, that you, that he that Nick Saban can pop up today and say, "Well, I wasn't trying to say anybody did anything illegal." 
Like, you've been on this train for a minute now, basically throwing shots at people for not doing it the right way. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, be will you, your your mic is not on right now, but I do want you to jump into this conversation. I'm going to uh, jump in here to the chat a little bit. Uh, Bryson Bridges, appreciate you being in here. We need an intro for breaking news, emergency shows, <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, I'm going to come up with something. I'm going to come up with something just for that. Asking you shall receive. Kyle Sweat says Jimbo tripping, maybe tripped up big time. Jimbo is tripping here. You think Jimbo is wrong for being up? So this this is a this is a narrative that I've been seeing on social media. I've been seeing a lot of people, of course, are talking about this, and people are like, "What is Jimbo complaining about? He shouldn't have said anything." And I'm just confused. If he specifically mentioned me, am I not supposed to respond? Right. If and that's yeah. If any other podcast was out there saying. The war report, like, there's a lot of people out here doing stuff wrong as far as how they're handling their YouTube channel. I mean, look at what the guys at the war report are doing. Yeah, I'm responding to that. You named me not just some ambiguous thing where you mentioned something that could have, might have applied to me, but maybe it didn't because now I feel like I'm, if I speak up then, then I look guilty. But you specifically mentioned me. You're darn right I'm responding. Mm-hmm. I don't I, that's not tripping at that point in time. This is me defending myself because you have made a frontal assault on my character. I have the right to respond. I just don't see how that's Jimbo tripping, but maybe you mean in the fact that he paid for all these players in NIL. So I, I'll give you a chance to to uh clarify that statement. Um uh but yeah, B Will jumped in here. I'm gonna let you talk and then we'll get back in here to the comments. I appreciate everybody jumping in. TWR special live talking about the kerfuffle, <laughs> the uh, what I call the spoiled rumble of people who are embarrassed with riches and now are fighting amongst each other about who got to their riches the correct way. Anyway, be will. Floor is yours, sir. You know, it's very appropriate. Mike and I had this knockdown drag out yesterday, last night on the on the Wednesday midweek report, mm-hmm. um, specifically about. How could you judge any coach's performance if what I think is that behind the scenes, there's wildly uneven levels of of equipped that each coach and each program is. It varies from university to university. Um, A lot of it depends on the coach, but some of it is inherent at the university. Some of those advantages are built in because of that program, what they like to do, what they value. For instance, we always give this example. UK football is not nearly as prominent as UK basketball. It's just because they don't care about football like they care about basketball. The same thing in Alabama with football versus basketball. Football's a big dog. Basketball's a little dog. Those are advantages at a per-school basis. Mike, and I agree with him to this point. It's not that I disagree with this point. I just think my point's a little bit stronger in this case, that you do have to be a good coach to get players, to get recruits, to get resources, and have those advantages and turn that into consistent winning. You still have to be a good coach to turn that into consistent winning. Mm -hmm. My point will be now and will forever be, while that is true, the extent to which the deck is stacked for certain coaches at certain programs is so wildly past other programs that there's no way you could objectively put them on even ground if you're trying to assess a single coach's performance as a head coach versus another coach. Virtually impossible. 
Now, some of that, Mike was like, well, he, he felt like I was giving too much credit to the background of the resources and and the benefits and, and what one school had to offer versus another. And now I am more, it's not like I wasn't convinced before, Jimbo got in front of a mic today and said the exact same thing I've been saying about Nick Saban. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're about to make War Report history. No, we're not. No, we're will not. is that. about to agree with Jimothy T. Fisher. Go, sir. Continue. Well, listen, man. Um, as as the Tywin Lannister in this situation, if I send Jimbo, who is Walder Frey, to to kill uh the King of the North, who is Nick Saban, I can still wash my hands of that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Wow. So today, Mrs. Jimbo, is, you, you is went full Game of Thrones on us on that one. Yes, I did. I thought about okay. that before I got on here. Thank you. Okay. Um, Jimbo said exactly. What I felt like was was obvious. I felt like it was obvious about the advantages that Nick Saban had because of how successful he was early. It's not just because you win a couple of programs. It's the extent by which, how wide is the recruiting margin between you and the next guy? For a okay. few years, it was a gulf. It wasn't just, oh, I got one five-star better than you. It was a very wide margin by which he is out recruiting everybody. As other teams have caught up, as Kirby went to Georgia and started to, to catch up, as Dabo started to build his program and he got some things going, although never to that level, Ohio State started to build up. Now when he, he's in these recruiting battles, some, sometimes it's contentious. Sometimes he can lose a guy. Guys will pick a Ohio State over a Bama or a Georgia over a Bama or a Clemson over a Bama and every now and then Auburn over a Bama. And now with NIL, and this is why Saban is all up in arms, well, now I don't just have to out-recruit the guys who actually have good programs. I have to out-recruit Texas, who's a terrible program and has been for the last at least 10 years. Now I have to out-recruit them because they can just slather money onto new recruits. I didn't have to do that before. I used to be the king of the block because, hey, championships, playoffs, uh, New Year's Six Bowls, you want all that? Come on down here. Plus whatever else we all knew was going on under the table. But now he's upset because... Well, you're telling me I got to outbid USC too? So the next all-world California quarterback may just stay home because now there's an offensive coach out there who, hey, whether I, not, I think he is an elite coach, he is at the very least getting you Heisman consideration and getting you to the league. Now you have to compete with that and more NIL money than Alabama can get you. So why would I leave home for that? Why? Now the party's at home. I don't have to go to Alabama to get it. Nick Saban is now upset at that. And Jimbo Fisher said, hold on, homeboy. I've been on your staff. Ask any one of your coaches. We know how you get down. Nobody want to say it. Greatest of all time, huh? When he said greatest <laughs> of all time, huh? I, I, it was like, oh, he's really going to. Because this is what I've been saying. You cannot have these. It's, it's hard to say these advantages without saying, what exactly does Nick Saban have? Or is he doing? That gives him such an advantage. I've got some ideas. I can say some things that I absolutely know are the truth, but I don't want to like, that's not something I really want to get into. I've talked about some of them. We know players are getting compensated to some degree. That is not a secret. There are pictures, social media, Bama players flashing cash cards. We know that stuff happens. We know a lot of that stuff happens everywhere, but we know it happens at Bama just with what they've let get out of the, the pot while we've seen it cook it up, Okay. The rest of it has to be so institutionally stacked for Jimbo Fisher to say, no, you 
keep your nose in, in your huddle. I know everything that you got going on, and it hadn't been fair. If Jimbo was willing to say that out in the open, which is what's, what's so crazy, it's not that we didn't know. It's that Jimbo went on record. They called a special press conference for him to point. It's not like he was being asked about it at SEC uh, media days. Right. That's what's wild about this. Like, he had some time. That was last night where that stuff dropped. This morning, he said, okay, what do y'all want to do? He could have released a statement. He could have said nothing. He could have waited until media days when he knew he was going to have some some time to be asked by press what he thought about it. He said, nah, we got to address this right now. The idea that because two teams feel the exact same number of players in opposing jerseys and play within these lines that the game is a fair game is absolutely not true. Because in college football, so much goes into who you field, how you fielded them. It wildly different levels of, of resources and fundamental preparation could be going on between two teams. And I always found it very difficult to, to level that, to reconcile somebody being the greatest of anything when you have more to work with. And now I am convinced, probably even more so, that we will never know. Commoners probably will never know the extent to which Nick Saban has built himself and continue to enjoy an advantage. And we probably don't even know all the ways he has advantages over other people, which is why it's still very hard to objectively, how do you make a greatest college head football coach? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. If if you can't walk into Vanderbilt right now and to do what you can do at Alabama, are you the greatest coach? No, because you didn't have the same stuff. Why would you? Why, why in the NFL don't they let free agents just leave college and go sign with whoever you like talking to the most? All the wide receivers will just go sign with Kansas City. Maybe all the tight ends go sign with the, to Tampa Bay to play with Tom Brady. Well, like with nothing about that system, about letting talent choose where to go is fair, which is why the pros don't let you do it. Why can we sit in college and, and say, oh, he's a better coach than him because of wins? Wins. All of this stuff is rigged to a very, to a very good degree. It's rigged. We've had what four winners of the college football playoff in what seven? I don't know what eight years, seven years. It's not like this stuff gets tossed around a whole bunch of different ways, man. It's it's the same players. It's the same people every time because those people are playing the game more dirty than everybody else. And I don't know why it's so hard to acknowledge that. I don't know why Bama fans are trying to defend it. I know Bama I know Bama fans who were on campus between 2006 and 2012 and have personally told me things that they have seen that would be NCAA investigations, limit of scholarships, maybe even death penalty. But they are defending Nick Saban today. Why? You know what happens. I know you know what happens because you told me you saw it. You told me you were there when you saw these people there do this with that and, and the other. So why would you defend it? We know what's going on. Why Why can't everybody just acknowledge it? I don't know why the media rushes to defend Nick Saban every time. Well, um, Jimbo doesn't know what he's talking about. Why wouldn't he? He's in the same game, chasing the same recruits, was on the man's staff. And now those SEC circles are tight, man. Everybody, every assistant coach is out there chasing the same recruits that Saban's assistant coaches are, are chasing. Why wouldn't they know what's going on? They all know what's going on. And I'm glad that he actually just came out and said it. 
I yeah, so wish he, he, he named names. Yeah, but so here's my problem with the, the, with the Jimbo thing, right? Is I, I think he had every right to defend himself. Number one, he came off sounding super emotional today and very incoherent. He had time to put real thoughts together, and he just came out there and started blabbering emotion, right? Like, right. And you could tell right. he was heated um, because nothing that he said um, was – it wasn't eloquent. I mean, and and listen, you've called him a snake oil salesman, a, car, a used car sale. Jimbo knows how to be smooth and talk smoothly. This was just, this was him trying to contain anger. And he was um, he was heated. He yeah, was heated. but but uh, to be clear, this isn't. He didn't say anything new. Well, today. so this this is where he, I'm getting to. What I'm getting to is that the problem I have with it is that it was just this veiled ambiguous you know i know and you know and it what there was nothing like it was just a bunch of like <laughs> it was a bunch of finger pointing back in the other direction so it right. just leads to more wild speculation as opposed to specifics and but my, my thing is i don't know that jimbo can get too specific without exposing himself. himself and so it just becomes this thing where it's now a media narrative that you get to pick sides on because nobody knows for sure they just fall on whichever side you think you you align with or whichever side you dislike most most right yeah I, jimbo didn't say anything new today he responded the same way when people accused him of buying his class before right so he's been very yes. consistent on this 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 issue right um i don't know that i disagree with him uh i i think that their base was more prepared to act on NIL than most other schools. They've got more money. I don't, and what he was, what he is getting upset at, upset at is the insinuation about the role he played in the deals that these recruits signed. He's because, because there is, and he's upset that he feels like people are, whether, okay, so let's just say he feels like nobody's accusing him specifically. People still feel like the money was the reason. And he's trying to say, look, no, my guys worked hard for this. The money was not why. It just happened to be a factor in there as well. Yeah. I, yeah so, yeah, he's, he, but it, it didn't change anything about how hard they recruited. That's mm -hmm. not, that's his point. They Correct. were still bringing in top five recruiting classes. He, you know, and NIL certainly played a role in getting an extra five star or so to push them to this greatest class of all time that they had, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately I still feel like it comes down to coaching at the end of the day, uh, because if Jimbo is not a good coach, then all these five stars, the result is still going to be the same. You're going to finish behind Saban. He's right. not that far behind you in recruiting. I mean, look, he still had, he still signed the second best class. And from Saban's end, I think when you look at the class that they signed, it's not that dissimilar from any of the classes that they've signed previously. Right. So right. you could make a reasonable assumption that Alabama did not take advantage of NIL the way other schools were. While their kids signed deals, they had 25 kids sign deals, but they recruited the same way. What Saban is decrying is now we may have to change the way that we recruit if this is the way the game is going to be played now. What he where he aired was, and again, I just think there's a there's a lot of misinformation floating out there with things that cannot be verified about how much money went into Texas A&M's recruiting class with NIL. Those numbers aren't public. They were they were wide, wildly speculated with no basis for fact. Nobody can show me a a paper anything that says, hey, this is exactly how much this kid got or this kid got or that kid got. 
those are private. Those athletes are allowed to keep those numbers private. There's nothing about that that requires that those numbers be public. And I would keep them private, too, if I were them, too. I, I don't know why I need everybody else to know how much I'm getting paid. I'm a millionaire already in college. So, you know, what this what this boils down to is there is I do think it was a bit of a hissy fit on on Saban's part that now you cannot do what you've always done. You have to do something different. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and because, that's, that's always been my issue with Saban. Every time he has to make mm, changes to his thing, yeah. he gets on some sort of tirade. It's like, well, 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 these people are out here uh, playing really fast. What, what's that about? Oh, what's, man. What's, what's that about people playing no. fast? It's like, what? What are no. we doing here, bro? Ultimately, I just don't. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure how much it's actually going to matter. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe Texas A&M lands a big-time quarterback that might not have gone there otherwise, and maybe that kid is a generational-type player. Maybe. Uh, I still think the consistency and the process by which you develop players is going to prevail because – this will, be, this will be the last class that Texas A&M takes advantage of to this extent. Essentially, before the rules got set, they went out and and their their alumni base took advantage of this to the max. And other schools are mad that they did not get as ahead of it. But the rules are wildly different from state to state. State law prevents some schools from doing other things. Alabama itself passed NIL rules that were more strict than the NCAAs, and they had to repeal it because it put our universities at a disadvantage. So during a large part of the recruiting process, he probably couldn't have even taken advantage of it the way they did per state law. Yeah, We had to repeal it because it was so restrictive based on the set of guidelines that the NCAA, you know, issued. Uh, so if, if all things, again, if all, if all things are equal, if we, and I just be careful about who we're pointing fingers at and, and assuming that it's not happening here or hasn't happened here, right? I, I, I'm I, a, I don't know I'm that a, anybody's pointing any fingers at anybody, yeah, not, I would, at least not in, in this conversation. I, hmm. I, would, I, would, I would just caution that. And, and maybe that's why Jimbo, be, I saw a comment here that said, you know, hey, I'm glad, what you call it, you, know, you Gus, uh, Gus ran a clean program. Hey, uh, man, hey, don't. Yeah, I understand. So, so here the the only the only reason I am going to push back a little bit on what you're saying, Mike, is that works in the case of Jimbo versus Nick. Why did he have to to name Jackson State in that? Yeah, I don't. I don't. This this is where this is where it it turns into. This isn't just oh they out recruited me. He's Mm -hmm. decrying the system of NIL, and then he specifically names an instance with Coach Prime and a, and a recruit, and he's like, why hasn't anybody looked into that? Right, right. I he have specifically, a, I, yeah. He I said issue with that. He said Jackson's, he said they paid for a million dollars for a player. Mm-hmm. They did but, not pay. And Prime has said that, the kid has said that. Jackson State has not paid me money. I did not get money from Jackson State. He said he didn't get a million dollar deal. Now, I don't know how true that is, but the point is that when Saban said, the school paid for the player, he directly implicated that wrongdoing had taken place. That's the same argument I've been making for most of these institutions. Right. I think that that is applicable most places. That goes right into the misinformation that a lot of ha- fans have about where NIL money actually comes from. Doesn't mean that people aren't pushing the boundaries in some places. I just think in some places they don't have to. There's no reason to. 
They have Texas has people willing and waiting to dump money in that don't have to be asked to do that. They don't even need to get involved. All they have to do is just sit back and watch the recruits come because their alumni base doesn't need a call to action to right. toss NIL money in. Apparently at Auburn, we do. Yeah, we do right. need a call to action. If we didn't, then well, that's that's a part of the education that needs to happen, though. It's like people think, oh, it's Auburn that needs to do it. But let's let's go to the uh, comments here for just a second. We're going to pick back up with this conversation talking about the spoiled rumble between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Bryson Bridges jumps in here, says Jimbo needs some gummies. Listen, we all need gummies. And if you need to do that, you need to be hitting up our friends over at Rogue Shop. Rogueshop.com slash, or excuse me, using code report. I don't know why I always want to put a slash in there. It's not like some special webpage. But anyway, Rogueshop.com code report is what you want to use if you need a little bit of uh, anything, man. They've got a lot of herbal things that can help you out through a lot of different situations, health benefits, as well as uh, sleeping, uh, just getting you calm, whatever's going to happen. Rogueshop.com is the place you can go. Go get you some gummies and tell them the War Report sent you. Uh, we appreciate them for always being a sponsor of the War Report. Uh, here in the comments, Eli jumps in and says, do coaches start possibly incriminating each other and themselves by doing this? 100%. Again, I think that that's the reason why Jimbo Fisher can't be too specific uh, mm-hmm. as to what he knows because then it calls into question some activity that he was either willingly a participant in or he mm-hmm. witnessed and never said anything about, right? And so he right. has to throw these veiled shots. Uh, any right. thoughts on that comment, fellas? Yeah, that's why they're never going to do it. Um, yeah, applicable to every every SEC right. school. That's why SEC, I mean, this is not just yeah, SEC, yeah, literally all programs yeah. across the country. Yeah, it's uh, applicable to everybody. Uh, Lawrence Robinson says, without the smoking gun, all we have is speculation. Absolutely, yes. that's what we were saying earlier. Right. Uh, if, we'll you're, never if you're not willing to produce evidence, then what, why are right. we even having this conversation? We'll never know specifics, but we know that even before this conversation right now where he's defending himself against Nick Saban, Jimbo said prior, and Kirby said prior, hey, this stuff was going on. It's just going on over the table instead of under it now. So they they have already said what we know, and plenty of players already own up to what we know. It's just, the NCAA doesn't want to go looking under the rug. They just want football to keep happening. So no, nothing's going to happen because nobody who's in the know is going to name names because they're still in the game with dirt on their hands. So everybody's just going to talk and point fingers at each other without naming specifics and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Bryson Bridges jumps in again and says, Mike G was a bum yesterday for arguing with B-Will and not doing his job. Now <laughs> B-Will is a bum for taking Jimbo's side. As long as uh, Ike Jones is not a bum, I'm fine with all of that. Hey, um, I'm, with, I'm with him when he's right. <laughs> he's right today. Yeah. Uh, Kedron, a uh, friend, says, my issue is he called out Dion saying that he bragged on Twitter about giving Travis a bag when Dion did the complete opposite. I think that it's a dirty move by Saban to make up a lie like that. And this yeah. is where I have the, again, that's my biggest issue with this entire thing is like there was absolutely no reason for him to take a shot at anybody specific, which he apologized for. Um, but the mm-hmm. part of the apology to me that makes it feel dis ingenuous is that he was like i'm not accusing anybody of doing anything illegal but it's like you specifically said they did something that needs to be looked into and we did it the right way and it's not like they signed some groundbreaking class either they had one kid who chose to go there that was really good and so the insinuation that money is the only reason this kid could have wanted to go play for Dion is very insulting. Yeah. Right. And if I were Dion, I would take offense to that as well, too. Uh, he is he is arguably the best DB to ever play the game. Right. 
you think maybe that played a role in why a DB <laughs> wanted to go there? Right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Dude, that's, I mean, it was just weak. It just, uh, like, I feel like Saban was off his meds today and just started. Yeah, well, so, and, and here's the thing. Apparently, he and uh, Coach Prime did have a conversation today, which led to him kind of backtracking off of that whole thing. They said that they were going to talk. Um, Coach Prime also said that I, I don't think he's released the statement that he was going to, and he's supposed to have something else going on tomorrow where he, he comes up and, and, and says some more, but he's already basically said, yo, we got to talk about this because this is ridiculous. Like, why why is my name coming out of anybody's mouth? Mm. Um, and so it's I think it's a little ridiculous. Um, but that's again, that's the part that I take the most issue with is that not necessarily that. OK, so a bunch of people speculate that Texas A&M did wrongdoings. Why is Nick Saban the one that's jumping up and down saying this isn't right? You guys aren't doing it right. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. And that's what sticks in my craw more than anything today, because we, we we may not be able to tangibly write out a list of here's every time you did wrong behind the scenes, you got an advantage, Nick. But we know that you have more going than other places. I would hope that these coaches go, listen, I know that you just got some better players. I know you just upgrade your facilities. I think I'm the better coach in the better program. So bring it on. I'll see you on the field. Yeah. Instead, it's, well, um, as uh, I think it was uh, Brandon Marcello, he tweeted out today. He said, I was at a meeting in Georgia where Nick Saban was talking after the 2014 season out there trying to bash against the hurry up no huddle. Mm-hmm. Of course, what had gone on, we had just beat Bama with the hurry up no huddle in 2013. 2014, we go and put 44 on Bama at their place, which is still the most points Nick Saban has ever surrendered at home in Tuscaloosa to this day. Wait, the LSU put up one? No, they didn't. Not when they won in 2019. So what happened was the hurry up, no huddle whooped his ass. And then all of a sudden, well, we got to do something about this because the players and the safety and the players know you lost. (laughs) Here you are with you came in 2007. So in 2014, you've been on the job for seven or eight years and you lost. You lost and then you still got embarrassed some. And now you want to change the rules because that's all you can do to slow, hurry up, no huddle. And it worked. So now when mm-hmm. the the rule got changed, that if the offense substitutes, we have to give the defense a chance to substitute. Now, it used to be that once you're lined up, you go. And if right. they're not set, that's on them. Right. Nick Saban got the rule changed through all his crying and boohooing. Well, the, the, you need to give us a chance to substitute then. So then they did, and it slowed us down. So if you've seen the ref standing over the ball after a, a, a personnel change, waiting for the other side to get set, looking at the back judges, like, y'all good? They're good? Okay, let's go. Now go. And it slowed them down. That was one of the things that slowed Gus's offense down. That wasn't all of them. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things that did. So here he is with still a decided event. We're talking about somebody who had won three national championships at this point in time. It's out-recruiting everybody by a wider margin than he had been the last five years. And he is complaining that the one guy who put some points up on him and beat him one out of two times, oh, it's, it's unfair. It's too much. That's what I don't like about this. This is more shades of that, which mm-hmm. is 
I had an advantage everywhere because I could go and tell a recruit, I can get you to the NFL before Jimbo Fisher can. And that's true. I'm a better head coach than Jimbo Fisher is. And that's true. All of a sudden, there is one thing that Nick Saban cannot match up in, and that is donor dollars. The University of Alabama has a decided advantage in football recruiting. It is a, a, a conglomeration of tradition and success and development and um, fan base, alumni, all of it together. The success that comes, Nick Saban got them all rolling together to, to his credit. That is fine. All of a sudden, when it comes to donor dollar versus donor dollar, which is what NIL is going to be built of as a collective, he cannot compete with Texas A&M, the University of Texas in Austin, USC, maybe a couple of more schools. We will see. He cannot compete. The state of Alabama does not have a fan base with that kind of money to compete with that. Their alumni base is not comparable to those other schools, so he knows he's losing. What he did, and this is why you, he wishes NIL would work better for him, he had to publicly announce Bryce Young's deal when nobody asked about Bryce. Well, we just had Bryce Young sell, I don't know, about $100 million. <laughs> I guess it was. That's what happens when you come here. Why are you doing that? You just said he just yesterday. Now it's, it's a bad thing. But when he wants to advertise that, hey, this can work for you, he can give his players dollar amount. Yeah, I'm not sure that. that's how that statement went down. That's a mischaracterization of that of that statement. Like no, he was he, he he was talking about, um, you know, I have a quarterback that is going to sign a deal. It, it, it wasn't a brag. It was not a brag. Um, if anything, he's decrying that athletes are getting this money. If anything, he's decrying that he doesn't want it. He he wants the status quo. He he wants it back where essentially he has more control because giving the athletes money takes control away from the coaches. Nick Saban is in that school. He would rather none of this be happening. Period. I, so, I would agree with that. That's so, true. So so like uh, uh, when you look at this, I, you know, I think that Nick Saban's stance really is based on the fact that. You know, a, a lot of the advantages that you're talking about, he created. He created mm -hmm. those advantages at Alabama by developing and winning. Agreed. And, 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 and then he figured out how to parlay that into more success and just kept it going. And, and so a lot of the institutional advantages, I mean, look, other coaches before him were not able to take advantage of it. Agreed. So the money is, is, is the, um, the dollar amount, I think, is not as important in this discussion because number one, we don't know how much money went into Texas A&M's class. Show me a dot. Show me a verifiable dollar amount. I think the mm -hmm. bigger issue was is is that the rules weren't clear, and Texas A&M pushed the line more than anybody else. And now Saban is saying we need to be able to push the line too. But what's standing in his way are is, is possibly legislation. They're in a different state. This is why I don't understand. I did, that's, this is why the NCAA mucked this up so bad. You could have put universal rules in early that everybody would have agreed to because something would have been better than the nothing. But then you left it to the states. And just like anything else, when do all the states do the same thing the same way? I don't know. I mean, every different state, I mean, in, in, in Arizona, when you get your license, it's, it's valid for like 50 years. I know I still have one. <laughs> My Arizona license expires in like 2047. <laughs> in Alabama, you got to renew that joint every four years. And some states, it's two. This is what this is like.
But you know what? I'm bringing my 50-year license to your state. And it, it, it doesn't work. So you've got SEC schools across states with different regulations. Texas A&M, I mean, I just don't know. I, I don't know that I'm upset with how they did whatever it was they did. All I know is, is that the rules moving forward have to rein this in for everybody. And that has been my consistent. We put it on a quote graphic. I think NIL is great, but I think we need to rein it in a little bit because this was inevitable. So I, don't, the- I, I do not agree with Saban's rant. I think that he is throwing a hissy fit. And for somebody who's won as much as he has, I, you know, acting like just because you didn't win this, I don't know. Well, I think he would have been complaining regardless of whether they won this year or not. Yeah, he would. But because NIL didn't have anything to do with why they lost that championship. No, because uh, he lost to Georgia, not Texas. Well, he lost to Texas A&M during the season, but NIL wasn't a thing that made thing, it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much NIL is going to play into the success that anybody has next year either. Uh, but like the the because those kids still need to. A lot of those kids are not going to see the field in year one. It's not like they're going to field uh, a bunch of true freshmen from NIL recruiting. That's not going to happen. Uh, but going forward, though, uh, you know, he, you still have to focus on the X's and O's and coaching and development and, you know, understand the rules. I think that's where, you know, kind of looping Auburn back into this conversation. That's where we have been maybe a little bit more judicious about how we were going, going about it to the extent that our fan base felt like we were doing nothing. Mm. And we weren't doing nothing, but we weren't doing what Texas A&M did. And I, I, I'm sorry, I just, I'm not going to get mad because we didn't do what they did. Bama really did nothing. And I think that that's what Saban is mad about. Why did we let them do that? And then we did it the same way we've been doing it. It still yielded a number two class. And you know what, to that point, it's important to provide the context for which Nick's was, Nick was uh, speaking. He was at a kind of a Bama booster club in the state mm-hmm. of Texas. Oh, yeah, for sure. So he is what he's doing is saying, hey, they're out there landing big time recruits. Time to open the pocketbooks, people. It's time to pony up because y'all are how we're going to stay competitive in this way. And that's what he was trying to say. But to your point, Mike, he's it's a hissy fit because the, the advantages are clear in his favor. It's he built the vast majority of his advantages and honestly, if I was Nick Saban, I wouldn't be worried about Jimbo Fisher because I don't. I still don't think Jimbo Fisher is a good head coach. It's like, listen, That's he can fumble his bag. He can, he's going point. to fumble the bag that he just got dropped on his doorstep in the form of all of these recruits. I still don't think he gets out the West. That's kind of my point. My point is, is that you still have an established process for evaluating and developing talent. And if anybody can survive, everyone else getting a bag while you're dropping regular bags, it's Nick Saban because he already has established a dynasty. Right. He's already done it. Everybody else is they're dropping bags because they're trying to do what he's doing. Yeah. Right. He figured out a way to do it before all this started. And uh, I, I still think he has uh, a decided advantage. Um, the point, the problem is, is that some schools will catch up and other schools will fall farther behind than they already are. Yeah, for sure. Right. And I think that's the saddest part of this whole thing is, is that 
the divide between the Auburns and the Texas A&Ms and, and some of the schools that are towing the line, some people are going to get on the right side of it, and some people are going to fall way to the left and completely be out of it. And, and, and I was worried that the gap between the haves and the have-nots was going to be even greater than what it already is. There's well, only a yeah. few schools that realistically have a shot to win a national title. I never believe Cincinnati made it. I never believed they would get out. Of, they would make the national title game ever. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I just, the thing is, though, uh, it, it does invite some people to be Will's point to the party that previously didn't even have a a, a horse in, in right. the race. Right. Like Texas now has a legitimate shot at getting better talent. And Texas has been abysmal for a long time just because of the fact that they can pony up the bag, right? Now, they got to they gotta figure out whether Steve Sarkeesian is the guy to take them to the promised land with the talent. But talent acquisition shouldn't be an issue if you're allowing them to do this sort of thing. Let's jump right. to the comments, and then we'll jump back into our conversation. 22Busy says, every time someone gets better, gets the better of Saban, he wants to change the rules. I'm not mad at him. Listen, if that's, if you could, if our coach was doing it, I wouldn't care. If he, if he, had, if he develop that kind of cachet to where he can influence literally what the rules are is what it is. You know, start yeah. beating him and and then maybe somebody else. Will I, have I just, I, don't I just care. don't like, listen, do all your, whatever you want to do. Just don't whine. I just don't, I don't like seeing the man whine on TV. Anyway, yeah. uh, Kedron jumps in. He says, Jackson state took one of my dogs commits last year. For those that don't know, he's a Georgia fan. Um, and nobody cared, but as soon as it's the number one player, a player Saban wanted, um, now they got to stop it too. It's BS. Yeah, because Kirby wasn't crying about losing that player. Right, right. Um, he, he just had a defense stack with he he defensively talented his way to a championship. He wasn't finna point no fingers. Like right. I, I just I just got off. I'm good. Yeah, yeah he won a national title with, with one of the with Stetson Bennett. Right. Yeah. No. So um, Solomon jumps in and said he cried again after the kick six game. Yeah, he definitely was like, "Hey, we're supposed to wait this amount of time after this." And what he, was it? He, was it the t- 2019 Iron Bowl where he cried about that? The, half, the, half the halftime time. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. kickoff. I mean, the field goal right before that. And half. essentially, he was saying there's no way they should have been able to get that snap off. Right. Because, and then they did change the rule and they said if it's under a certain amount of seconds. Right. You cannot they change the rule. He does this every it. time, every <laughs> single like, time. Y'all, I don't know if y'all remember this. In 2004, when we played LSU over the just won the championship LSU Tigers that um, that Saban was still coaching, we got a re-kick on the touchdown, on the extra point, because an LSU player, in trying to defend the extra point, jumped, jumped up and over. fell over yeah. on top of our offensive lineman. Yeah. And the year before, in the offseason, they had changed the rule that says, yes, you can jump up. You cannot jump up over and on top of players because that's a safety player issue. safety issue. Yeah, and he in the post game he was like, I don't know about that rule. I didn't where I was, and everybody in the other people were like, Nick Saban is on the rules committee in college football. <laughs> he voted yes for this rule. How would he not know this rule? He's just a crying, whining old man. Yeah, what like I said, you, it, it, this isn't new. This like I said, if if it were just one time, I would say, all right, you know, sour. Gr- he it, this is how he does when he loses or he doesn't like the outcome of something he goes and he complains that it's unfair and Man, that is ridiculous to me considering the fact that he has been in the power seat for so long how are you crying that anything is unfair yeah you're allowed to lose yeah it's yeah. very curious like he has lost so few games since he's been at Alabama i think it's like less than 10 
or something, some crazy number yeah, is his record. Yeah, but it's it's not enough. It has not affected their destiny at all. Which is so why like I don't I just, know why he's got to whine every time right, he loses, yeah. man. He is right. so spoiled, bro. Like, the junk is ridiculous. Um, Alan jumps in and says, doesn't need to be reined in. Uh, the playing field will never be level. Let the free market be a free market. This isn't a free market, though. Yeah, That's I was about to say, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I, I, I keep hearing people say, oh, the market will adjust. This is, that's not how this is working, right? Yes. And I don't even really want to get into a conversation about economics and what free markets are versus what we actually see. But that's not what this mm. is. Yeah, what they're doing with the other schools, like, you know, I mean, allowing schools to bar, that's not a free market. Right. It's just it's just not. Um, and again, what's going to happen is it's just going to create a wider gap between the haves and the have nots. And we've been fighting to even that out for literally three decades. They've been trying to figure out how to give more schools a shot. This is not the way to do it. Like what's going to happen is, is that if you if you're caught this free market that you're talking about, the people who have all the money. Are going to rig the market. If you know anything about the free market, exactly. That's why I say we we can get into right. a conversation about that. But yeah. like we, there, there are literally enough people with enough money to to cause panic, buying and selling stock, and then they take advantage of the panic that they cause. It's it's not there. I mean, it's just the rich get richer, man. This this is what's going to happen here. I'm telling you, that's how everything works. As soon as money is interjected into the conversation, that's what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Bingo says here, and this is something Mike and I actually talked about a little bit, um, damage control for Bama today, not a good look from any angle. This is something we were talking about before we came on air, Mike, about like, if you make a statement, the minute that you have to go back in and and clarify what you said, you know your original statement was poor. Was poor, yeah, yeah. No, no, no well stated thing needs a press conference to clarify after the fact. You effed up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what um, what's going on down in Tuscaloosa today, but I just I think it's so funny that people are trying to defend what Nick Saban said as if he right. didn't say exactly what he said, and then it's like when he in his clarification of it doesn't actually jive with what he initially said. It's like, oh well, that's not what I meant. People are taking it that way, but it's like, but it is what it's what you said though. If right. you didn't mean that, why did you say that specifically? Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you say stupid stuff off the cuff, though, right? I, yeah. I believe that he was not accusing them of cheating. I think it was a really poorly stated thing while was, you're whining, though. while you're whining, though. Like, he just I mean, so, I mean, it just is what it is. I don't think I, but he, I, I, think again, he I don't. How can he say he's not accusing them of cheating? His words were, and again, I'm not quoting him here, but this, pretty much he said, is anybody taking a look at this when he, in, in reference to what happened at Jackson State? Why does someone need to take a look at something that's not illegal? What is the <laughs> point of that? We've been in situ- Mike, we just talked about this situation. I don't want to put all our business out there. We just talked about a situation getting pulled over by a police officer. And why does he need to t- we didn't do we didn't do anything illegal. Why do you need to take a look in the trunk? Right. What is what is the point of the look into the trunk if nothing's wrong here? Yeah. I didn't I do anything sure to- illegal. Why do we why does someone hey man, you might want to go check that out? They're not doing an illegal, but go look at it. Uh, yeah, what? it's by it's buyer's remorse over the fact that he feels like they looked at the NIL when it originally came out and they did it by the spirit of the law and other people did not. And yeah. I don't I don't necessarily know that he doesn't have a gripe there. 
I think a lot of people have. There is a gripe, but I don't think that you should be pointing the finger at other people. They're not the issue. How Texas A&M did it isn't really the issue. The issue is the ambiguity, the ambiguity around the rules and the difference in restrictions that you have from state to state. That's why this is a mess. Yeah. That, this, this is exactly why this is a mess. He just doesn't, it's just not a good look for him to be out, the most, the winningest program over the last 30 years to be out here complaining about it. Like, I just don't right. understand. Yeah. You know, it, it just like, comes off sounding like, a, like sour grapes. It's like, like a millionaire complaining about gas prices, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, go ahead, B. What were you going to say? I was going to say, and, and this is the, the one area where, where Mike, me, and you will probably part ways is you say, well, you still have to be a good coach to take advantage of whatever talent advantage you get because you signed a bunch of people through NIL. Long term, long term. You do. Long term. However, though, however, it only in, well, I want to say it only takes in, in football, in college football, sometimes a dude can just be special. Tim Tebow was just special, right? Tim Tebow mm-hmm. was a special player for Florida at that time. And yes, he was. He and had a lot of special it, players playing around him. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know how special he was. He was a special player. Cam Newton was a special player. I'm, I'm so glad that Cam Newton got kicked off of Florida, man. I don't know what to do. I, I wonder if you can over-recruit like this, and that's really what it is. I mean, you, you get that many five stars. Usually, he had Jimbo had one or two per class, and then this year it jumps up to seven. Even if three of those guys leave because they can't get playing time, all you really have to do is land two of them that are outstanding players. And I'll give you an example. So Alabama, their defense was pretty mediocre last year, but Will Anderson was is a monster. He was a monster. He was an unstoppable pass rusher on the defensive line. They, nobody was scared of them. Matter of fact, I think one of their starting corners was named Joe, Joby. He went undrafted. Joe. Yeah, Joe. He went, they are not the, the, the fear defensive backs that they used to be. Or the unstoppable middle linebacker like he used to be. Like, that's not what they are. Dylan Moses, the year before, he didn't have a great, he didn't go in the draft. But they had one dude. And if that five-star that you recruited, that you got seven instead of two, if it gets you two dudes who are unstoppable on the defensive line, like uh, somebody was talking about this podcast on Bomani, he was talking about how good, he has a lot of respect for Cam Newton because of what he did in college. Cam Newton, Nick Fairley. That is the entirety of our draft class after the 2010 season. Two dudes who entirely won us most, uh, pretty much all of our games. People around them have to be solid. Two people were outstanding. If those five stars that you get, you went from two to seven, but two of those dudes are special like that, this could absolutely turn the tide <laughs> on who is winning national championships. In college football, it it is possible. I'm not saying that there's a bunch of special people out there like that. I think Johnny Manziel was one of those special people, which is why I am sure Kevin Sumlin is an absolute <laughs> loser because he couldn't parlay that after after year one. It, it just kind of faded away. He lost a couple of pieces. It didn't pan out, and that was it. He had Vaughn Miller, Johnny Manziel, and he still never got out the West. Anyway. Two, one player can make all. If that one player is a quarterback that's truly special, yes, they can have a huge difference, a monumental difference on the the fate of a team. Or if that player is really that special, and you find out he's special his freshman or sophomore year, for two or three years, yes, this can turn the tide of a conference, of a division, of the balance of power in college football. I think Lincoln Riley is the one who's poised to do it because he is loading up past the point 
this is not for preparation. This is not like a doing where I got a little shelter down here. I'm put some canned foods in case of a tornado or hurricane. It's like, nah, man, you just took a Publix and put it in your basement, in your mansion. So this is more than what you need to survive. What are you doing? He is stacking up to that point where it's like, you got way more. You got everybody. They got the best running back from Oregon, uh, a competitor in their conference. He put, jumped into the portal, went to U- USC. Addison, the kid who from, uh, from Pitt, jumped to the portal. He just announced today. He went to USC. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams went to USC. Now you've got more than you need. And even if one of those guys turns out to be the next big thing, I don't know if Caleb Williams is it. I mean, I think he's good. I don't know if he's great. One, two, one or two people who are truly special and you got them because you were able to offer them more or your collective was able to offer them more than the next people's was. Yes. It could absolutely make it. Yeah, if that's all you have to offer, though, it's not. It's not long. It's going. To, the net effect on your program long term is is not going to be very much. I don't. I don't think that Alabama not winning a championship one year turns the tide against Alabama. I mean, again, if they're in the playoffs still every year, I mean, it's still favorably heavily weighed in, in, in their favor. So you know, if you're talking about turning the tide, you're telling me that. If that means Alabama wins one SEC championship every three years instead of every year. Like I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the definition of that is. And those those kids still have to hit, right? So that the the where those kids go is going to be different every year. At the end of the day, you still need to be able to develop talent and know what you're doing with that talent because you can. Because if you don't, if you're incompetent as a coach, you could misuse that player, misclassify that player. You yeah. can still bust with that can't miss player. We we've seen it happen before, so that's that that evens to me that evens it out. So if you're telling me, yeah, like Texas A&M is going to bring in, bring in the best class of all time every single year, sure, maybe, right? Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, I don't would think be an absolute I, failure if he landed the best class ever every <laughs> single year and still yeah, couldn't, or, or even two years in a row and it didn't at least result in an SEC championship in a playoff berth. Let's say he does this again next year. And that will actually be the telltale sign of how good this recruiting like class ended up being. No, not or, the class, but I'm talking about all of the all of the quote unquote hard work that this his staff put in. Do it again. Let me see you do it again without the the benefit of NIL because the rules will change. Let me see you do it again. Yeah, but I don't I don't I don't know that he was ever arguing that it had absolutely no effect on the class he signed. I, I think his point his overall point was that it did, the NIL did not change the work that his his coaches put in in recruiting because they're, they're, people were arguing the only reason you signed players was because of, of the money that was thrown at these kids. And the truth is, is that, that that's it, true. Did, it, it did not have an effect on every kid they signed. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that that's true, though. I don't think that Jimbo Fisher, he was basically saying – don't try to take the credit away from my guys. My guys worked hard for this. I agree with that portion of what you said. I I disagree that everyone is just saying, "Oh, it, the only reason." I I've been consistent in saying this, so let me let me not speak for anyone else. Besides, that's the way I'm, he took it, though, which is why he responded the way he did. Okay, well, that's that's Jimbo Fisher and his feelings again, which of clear, clearly he's an emotional person. What I'm saying is it 100% was contributing factor into the fact that you got the best one ever. Not that right. you won't, aren't able to sign talent, that the money was a factor in how you got the best class 
in the history of signing classes. Right. That's not an unfair statement to make. Right. But that doesn't mean that you don't have. And my point is, OK, great. You guys are so good at this and this money isn't this big factor. Do it again. That's all. That's my own, that's my entire point. Uh, Kyle, uh, t- I just like this. It's funny to me. Uh, 2013 said someone on Twitter said Texas A&M helmets literally say ATM on ah. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, Lawrence Robinson jumps in here, says Von Miller played at um, at at the before they moved yeah. to the SEC. Right. At he, he was before. gone the year before. You're correct. Kevin Summers still coached him. But yeah, but you're right. You're right. You're right. So, um, but yeah, no, that still doesn't mean Kevin Summers is not a good coach. Uh, well, well, he's, he's not a coach. terrible coach because he's he a terrible coach. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, anybody else have anything else to say about this? We're going to hop off of here and let you guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday afternoon. But we did want to jump in here and talk about this while it was a hot topic because we did just have a conversation around this. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to uh, say I'm, I'm clairvoyant, but I did say specifically Jackson State was going to get pulled into this whole debacle at some point in time. I, I told you guys, I just I just didn't expect Nick Saban to be the, the person that turned in uh point the finger in, in their direction, but uh, I figured it would happen. So um, anybody got anything else that they want to say in regard to any of this stuff? Yeah, um, I, hope they, I hope they find a way to iron all this out quickly before it destroys college football. All this is going to destroy college football. It's, it's not, this is not a good thing. Um, I just don't see the path to fixing it if you're going to leave it in the state's hands and you're not going to have a single governing body make the rules for everybody. Yeah, that's it. Because what Missouri is trying to do right now is completely ridiculous. Yeah, um, Missouri and California are really yeah, like, just like, huh? Like what? Yeah. They're doing I, I, right I, now. At some point in time, I, I have to think that they're, they're doing this just to kind of like show people how ridiculous it is to force the hand. I don't know. Like, but it's just, uh, I don't even know what the point of those legislations that were introduced are. So we'll see what comes of it. You are now now listening listening to 